You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tell Ambassadors Jakar and Lando I want to see them in chambers now. Then invite them again as firmly and as politely as you can. Captain, either you snore or last night we had a hell of a breach in the hole. What do I do now? Uh, old style, you roll over and go to bed. New style, you go out for pizza and I never see you again. What's inside there? One moment of perfect beauty. Hello and welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week we review an episode of the 1990s sci-fi TV classic Babylon 5. This week, season 2... Episode 7, A Race Through Dark Places. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And, and we are the Epsilon 3. And the synopsis. Psychop Alfred Bester returns to Babylon 5, searching for an underground railroad, helping rogue telepaths to escape the core. His arrival sparks discord among the command staff as they realize that an insider is helping the railroad. Written by JMS and directed by Jim Johnson. Uh, this episode was released on January the 25th, 1995, and takes place from March the 14th to March the 17th, 2259. Yes, we're all over the place. This is March. <laughs> Back in time. But it is the correct watch order according to JMS. So there we go. And, oh, I'm really not looking forward to this. The guest stars. <laughs> You're listening, Sean, because you're going to have to say one of these later. Yeah. Apsan... Oh, God, I can't know. I can't say that. Aps... Apsanaquat. Apsanaquat. It's Telepath One. A Native American, which is why he has a, uh, an unusual name like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one name as well, not two. Uh, Diane de Lascio. Let's go with that. Diane de Lascio. Telepath Two. Brian Cousins is Rick. Giannin Loeffler as Lurker, Walter Koenig as Alfred Bester, Judy Levitt as a Psychop, and Christopher Michael as the Shooter. So guys, what did we think about this episode? Well, we thought it was an episode of Babylon 5. It had the Psychor in it. I am not a fan of the Psychor episodes. I watched it. And we're going to talk about it. <laughs> what did you guys think? <laughs> I love a man who says what he means. <laughs> Don't mince your words, Sean. Just come right out with it. <laughs> Dan, what did you think? <laughs> um, I think I enjoyed it a little bit more than Sean. Um, yeah, I think uh, it it's a psychor episode, so it's already got something going against it in terms of what we've seen before up till now. Uh, but it's Bester. Bester's back. And Bester, I think, is probably the best bit about the Psychor episodes when you get them. Um, you know, he's a genuine menace. And right from the first scene, you hate him and you just keep on hating him as the episode goes on. Um, it's actually one of the episodes where Talia features heavily and I, I wasn't as thrown out by her uh, as other episodes we've had a, so in the past. That's true. Good, yeah. good point. Yeah. Um, it's not as bad. <laughs> Um, but 
I, I really like this one. This it's kind of digs a bit deeper. You got a bit more intrigue. We had Bureau Thirteen brought in from last week, but they kind of ignore that. But they keep on going for you know this wider intrigue. This uh, organization of Psychor are taking over behind the scenes, and I like it. It's it's fun. Well, in uh, the first scene, we see uh, Ivanova and Sheridan are having to pay rent for once, and Sheridan <laughs> doesn't like it. Not having to pay rent in somewhere that you live that you don't actually own. <laughs> Terrible. Mind you. Crazy. How many how many um, military people actually rent their own barracks? Is that a, is that a thing? I couldn't I, tell you. Yeah. I think in the British military that is like a thing, but mm. they but it's it's almost it's a, like ceremonial now. They yeah. they they pay it and then pay it to themselves. There is almost like a, a levy just to sort of say you're in these barracks, but you are sort of cohabiting uh, in this space and you don't actually own it but you have to show on the books that there is some sort of transaction going on but it doesn't leave the 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 soldier out of pocket um i don't know what it's called but i think there is like a thing for it oh okay well hopefully somebody out there listening can tell us mm. and uh, bester is back and is interrogating someone wanting information about an underground railroad ship uh, that is shipping telepaths an underground railroad. Isn't that just a subway? Not quite. Okay. <laughs> using, a, using a subway to get telepaths through Babylon 5? Does it, does it have a subway? How is it underground if the station's spinning? Like, it, surely it's overground sometimes. Overground, underground, wumbling free. Underground, overground, wumbling free. The wumbles of Wimbledon, common are we? Making good use of the things that we find Things that the everyday folks leave behind Yeah, it, it, it could be, um, you know, like the down below. I mean, that's... Mm. Down below what? Well, anyway. <laughs> uh, Dilem wants to, um, wants to know what it is like to be human. And she asks Sharon out for dinner. Tell you what, as, uh, as Tosh would say, And so it begins... <laughs> How about that black slinky dress? Yeah, I mean that uh, that turns a few heads, doesn't it? I mean, you know, if they turn much further, you'd be sued for whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, but then uh, Bester uh, brings the uh, Babylon Five top staff up to date on the railroad. He's arrived on on the station. He's looking for this railroad. Should buy, buy a ticket. <laughs> uh, someone is definitely moving telepaths away out of the cycle's reach. And it is uh, running through Babylon 5. Then uh, Bester hears voices. We see that the Underground Railroad personnel, who feel that they are close to being found out, have decided to kill Bester. That'll work out well. Yeah, I mean, what could go wrong? Yeah. I mean, you know, you're you're trying to kill the top telepath, you know, in the whole of Psychor. He's not going to find out, is he? And just happens to be this top marksman who can stand perfectly still, Nobody hits him, but he managed to kill two people in very quick succession mm. in a crowded room. Yeah. That was impressive. Mm. It's definitely that hand, that yeah, closed fist. That's, it is. That, yeah. that's it. All that practice on the Enterprise. Oh, uh, sorry. No, wrong practice. <laughs> Sheridan and Delenn are having dinner. <laughs> it starts off when, when Delenn arrives. She says, what do you think of, the, you know, of the, this, the outfit? And he, Sheridan's feasting his eyes on Delenn's cleavage. <laughs> if you notice, look, eyes up, eyes up, talk to the face. Well, he wasn't the only one. No. 
I did like how there was the guy leaning over in the shot. <laughs> you could actually see his head at the bottom of the corner. It wasn't that, you know, they, they, the actors were referring to something away from the camera. You literally <laughs> saw this guy's head just popping over the side. It's like, is that a grip? Is that like the, the grip boy in the background? He's just stepped in there. I don't know. It was just very funny. Yeah, it was good. Um, Garibaldi catches up with Ivanova and asks her for a name of someone from the Underground Railroad. I mean, come on. I mean, even... Susan Ivanova hating the psycho. That's a little bit too obvious, isn't it, to be the head mm. of the underground? True. But if you were going to start there, you know, Garibaldi has to work his way through the list. Yeah, yeah. And it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but meanwhile, back at the dinner date, it's going well. And uh, they are talking about laughter. And Sheridan is warming to the Mimbari after after all these years. You know, one minute they're trying to kill you, the next minute. Whew. I thought we were going to get a repeat of the Dalai Lama speech at one point when he started talking about, oh, I was hanging out with Buddhist monks. Yeah. All right, Sheridan. <laughs> Jesus. Stop going on about it. Oh, God, we get it. All right, fine. You went to Tibet. But then uh, then Bester gets an eyeful of Talia Winters. Um, you know, it's all going on here. I mean, there's nobody's chest sacred in this uh, show. For goodness sake. Why does Talia have a problem looking at people in the face? Like, when he's on the TV screen, she's looking at the camera. <laughs> She's looking at us whilst he's on the screen. Yeah, but like, I, I realise she's trying to turn yeah. away and keep her modesty, but it she, it she does it in other parts of the episode as well. Like, and you know, looking ahead, next week's episode, she does exactly the same thing when she's talking to Sheridan as well. Yeah. She's just got this thing; she doesn't like talking to people's faces. Maybe it's <laughs> a, a condition. Well, I mean, why do you need to look at people when you can read their minds? I mean, why are they even speaking to each other for the sake? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, why do they need comms? Cheapest Zoom you've ever got. <laughs> I mean, even the empaths on on the Enterprise don't even talk to each other. They just, you know, you exactly use, use your training. She didn't even look at her own face in the mirror, which was my airplane moment a little bit later on when she hears the voices, like the callbacks to the other episode where um, Ironheart was uh, ascending and, and all this sort of thing. And she has the flashbacks. I was half expecting her to sort of start hearing the quotes and then all of a sudden it starts to go into random quotes that weren't even in the episode. And it was just, you know, old Bugs Bunny cartoons she was watching with Garibaldi and all this kind of... <laughs> because she wasn't looking at his, her face at all. It was like she was, did I leave the stove on? <laughs> I swear that was where it was going. Wow, we've talked about her acting abilities. Before. Hey, she was in this episode. She was definitely in this episode. <laughs> she, she certainly was. I saw her. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she does reminisce about her ex-lover, Jason Ironheart. Uh, he's from uh, season one, episode six, Mind War. That's we, there we go. You know. And we said we'd never see him again. Well, we we saw a little bit of you know a clip. Bit of a flashback, yeah. So uh, Ivanova and Sheridan are locked out of their quarters. Oh no, because they're not going to pay the rent, they get locked out. Well. Who'd have thought? Terrible. And they decide to share his office. Uh, Sheridan takes a joke, uh, t- tells a joke. How many Mimbari does it take to screw in a light bulb? None. They always went surrender right before they finish the job, and they never tell you why. Uh, yet the un- uh, <laughs> just when a pair of ears just pops up in the corner of a, a Zoom call. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Delenn came in with a, a black number, and like someone's head just laying in it. But this time it's a cat. So <laughs> talking about the pets again. <laughs> Uh, the underground is preparing to kill Bester. He's having a meal with Winters when they are ambushed and they kidnap Winters. I mean, there was a bit of a, uh, like we said before, a bit of an amazing shootout, wasn't it? I mean, you know, he, he hears that there's something going to happen. 
he tips over the table and slowly walks around the side of it and then uh, managed to shoot the shooter who's um, oh, two shooters before they can even get one shot off on him. Oh, it's just mm-hmm. incredible. What a guy. Very efficient. Winters wakes up surrounded by the subway, uh, the uh, underground. Uh, the leader, uh, sh- uh, actually the leader, um, and it's, uh, I got his name up here, didn't I, before, which I can't remember, is uh, Giannin Loeffler. Mm. He uh, is very, he's got a very distinctive face and a very distinctive voice. Um, I looked at him and thought he would be perfect to, if uh, everybody's um, either seen the uh, the latest TV adaptation of uh, Isaac Asimov's Foundation. Um, if they ever do a, a second series and call it Second Foundation, which would uh, be on the uh, based on the second books, um, he would be an ideal candidate to play the mule. Now the mule is so called because he is supposed to be. He looks like a mule. He's got a long face and he's you know he's he's uh, mm. uh, deformed in a couple of ways. Uh, he's got a hunch, I think, as well. There's another thing. So this guy could um, could actually play him quite well because at the end of it, it turns out that the mule is the most powerful telepath you know ever. So mm. he's got the credentials there already. Um, so I, and he's a great actor. He's you know there's nothing wrong with his acting and he's, he's um, mm. I think I think he'd make a, a good. Um, candidate for that but he's obviously now a lot older so yeah a lot older and i thought he was a little person but he's mm. actually as tall as everybody else and it was a nice carryover to have him from the uh the cliffhanger from the end of season one where he was the you know the the informant for garibaldi and mm. now he's carried over into this so he's always been there in the background that's right and i just thought it was, it was a nice sort of addition to keep him going mm-hmm. uh, and to have him in there and believable that he would have had some, as we will later find out, some interactions with Ironheart as well. Yeah. It just means that he's always been there running this railroad and it, it's very believable. Uh, on IMDb, he hasn't had that many roles. Um, so no. I don't know whether, uh, what the reason is for that. There you go. Hmm. The Subway wants a meeting with Sheridan. But in the meantime, the Subway are convinced, uh, convincing Winters that she is wrong about the core. Garibaldi gives best of the information on the whereabouts of the Subway and they agree to attack together. Um, we find out, though, that the leader of the subway is Dr. Franklin. Dun, dun, dun. That's a shocker. Terrible. Um, and uh, uh, Talia gets Sheridan to listen to his story. So he says why he's been doing this all along. And he, he, it does actually hark back to, the, uh, uh, to his little... Um, his illegal med lab. Yeah, uh, that's the, the one, yes, the mini, yeah. mini med lab, the clinic. That's the mm. one I was looking for. Uh, that they had in the dam below, so that was one of the reasons why he was doing that. So that was uh, that was a, a nice little callback. Yeah, another another creepy callback though was when he was sort of uh, rubbing it into Sheridan about his room and how he's got a spare cot, and that was that a bit more. And we've just had you know the the long dark when he had uh, oh yeah I brought you here because it was it was cl- clear quicker to get here than the med lab. It's like yeah he had a spare bed spare all lined bed. up. Yeah, that was it. Don't quite trust him. Don't trust him. But then Bester arrives alone. No Garibaldi. Mm. There you go. Turns up on his own. But then we find out that um, telepaths together, strong. And uh, they all gang up on him and um, they basically, they all get shot by him. Oh, that's no good, is it? That didn't, that didn't work out well. But wait. It was all an illusion. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ah, illusion. Um, or, as they put it, a telepathic projection. Bester believes he has won, and the and the underground is no longer uh, it's no longer safe to run on B five, so they have to disband. 
But how about that, though? Did you see that coming? Because I, I must admit, although I, I remembered this episode vaguely, I didn't remember the ending like that. No. I, I had forgotten, and I was like, wait a second. She's not going to turn out to be a bad one. I'm like, no, that's that's got to be fake. And I vaguely mm. remembered it, but not quite. And then when they revealed it, I'm like, aha. Yeah, I thought um, when, when she revealed that she was going to be you know, a bad person, and, and you know, I thought, oh, is that why... Is that why she leaves eventually, or is that you know, is this part of it? And I, I couldn't really put it together. And then it's only when they come back and they're all stood there. I think, oh, okay, yes, I I fell for that one. Mm. So, yeah, didn't I, see that at all. You see, I've been so trained by like Game of Thrones, you know, where like there's always that scene where a group of people realize they have to sacrifice themselves for like the greater good. I genuinely thought that that was the plan that they they knew they had to die so that Bester would leave them alone, but all the rest of the railroad will, you know, go on and live on, uh, and that she just has to live with the idea that the, these people have died. And then we get the twist, and then we have Sheridan explain what he saw. I kind of wished we'd seen what Sheridan had seen, like just have Bester stand there doing nothing for three minutes, like <laughs> smiling to himself. I just want to see this twisted Bester just enjoying his like moment of killing people. I don't, I don't know why, it just would have been very silly to oh. see. Do you think that would have been a better way of doing it to, to actually show the scene, you know, like, like you say, that Sheridan sees? Mm. And then we cut to something else. And then we cut, come back again. And they say, why, why did he just walk off? I don't get that. And then they show the scene that, that he saw. Mm. And show it that way. That would have been yeah. like a Like a replay into Sheridan's mind of what he saw and then yeah. sort of see it that way. Maybe they will in the reboot, you know, because they can do that kind of stuff now. So yeah, there you go. Split screen, do one of each. Mm. But then we find out uh, that the captain snores. Um, uh, but he comes up with an, inge an ingenious way to pay the rent. And uh, Talia and Ivanova have a chat. And so it begins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what also begins? This promo for another podcast right here on the ESO Network. Doctor Who is all about change. For almost 59 years, the show has gone through many regenerations. One thing always consistent is a sense of hope and wonder across all space and time. It's the dawn of a new era, and your friends at our station who will be here to cover everything to come this year and beyond. Please rate and subscribe to our show wherever fine podcasts are found. Okay, time for some trivia. Uh, and there's only one piece of trivia. That just shows how good this uh, episode has been. Bester talks about looking out on uh, looking out on the sky over his home at Syria Planum. Uh, it was established in Babylon Five: A Voice in the Wilderness, Part Two, 1994, that there is a classified psychor facility there. So Bester is breaking security by mentioning it. Mm. So there you go, and. Uh, Star Trek connections. Sean, do we have any Star Trek con uh, connections? Uh, there's there's a few tenuous ones, but uh, I'll see what I can do. Okay, so we've got uh, Brian Cousins, who played Rick. He was in the Enterprise episode, The Catwalk, as an alien lieutenant. Mm. He was also in three episodes of TNG. Uh, then we have Diane... Delasio as Telepath 2, and she was in an Enterprise episode called Civilization as somebody named Ryan. Oh, wow. And then we've, we've, yeah. And then we've got Kat Cressida, the bartender who uh, voices Star Trek Online. 
We have Judy Levitt, the Psycop. She was in Star Trek Four, Six, and Generations. Uh, we have uh, Christopher Michael as the shooter. He was in the DS9 episode Rules of Engagement as a helm officer and the TNG episode Legacy as Coalition Man number one. And I think that's, that's possibly it. Hmm. <laughs> oh, wait, no, no, there is one more. It's Walter Koenig uh, as Ensign Pavel Chekhov. Yes, that's right. Yep, you know, the guy who met Khan in Space Eat. Very pivotal to the, the second movie. That's right. True. Never mm. forget a face. Excellent. Yep, that's, that's the ones I, that, that I found as well. So that's pretty good. Uh, so moving on to our ratings. And our ratings are measured out of five jump gates because of Babylon 5. And IMDB, uh, they do those out of 10. So they have given it, are you waiting for this now? What do you think it's going to be? 7.8. Wow. Wow. That's okay. Good, huh? So that's equivalent to 3.9 in our um, ratings. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Sean, what do you think? What do you rate this one as? Uh, I was going to give it about a 2.75. Uh, I, I was going to go just for the half at 2.5, but uh, Walter Koenig really, uh, you know, you have to bump it up because of him. He's great. He, he does such a good job as Bester. You just hate the guy so much. That's a sign of a good actor. He, he actually gets more to do in Babylon 5 than in two seasons of uh, the original <laughs> series of Star Trek. So, so that was good for him. Uh, and we do get the Underground Railroad and we get more telepath backstory. I freaking hate the telepaths and all their backstory, but we get it and it's probably important. Uh, you know, and let's see what else I have in my notes here. Um, pretty much I just wrote down uh, Bester versus telepaths and Sheridan versus the rent. So that, that was a little bit amusing, the whole rent uh, subplot. Uh, you know, and I'm not a big fan of Franklin, but he got more to do as well so yeah 2.75 yeah i mean talking about that the rent situation of course it's it's decided to take um 30 credits uh, per week out of the um budget for i can't remember what it was now um war preparations or something like that um to be used as the uh, payment for the rent so uh, similar to what uh, you were saying uh, dan about maybe that's the way that the actual military does it in order to keep mm. it you know, official, if you like. Mm. It seems to be that way, yeah. So, uh, rating, what did you think of, of, of this episode, Dan? What's your rating? Yeah, um, uh, as I said, we've, we've jumped ahead like next week and we're going to be doing another episode, which is another Tallyer episode, which is another Cycle episode. So it was quite interesting to have two put side to side and sort of see which one I sort of landed with. And I think I preferred this one to what is coming up next week just because it has bester so it feels like it's a little bit more ingrained in what's actually happening with the cycle story it isn't just talia and someone visits the station from her past like everybody else does um you know this actually had some weight to it it had some reason to be and there were some really good lines garibaldi talking about the big black box where we just put all of the, the cycle over and now they're getting to become a bit of a you know a giant monster instead you know, we made them this way. They are becoming evil because of this. And now you've got the railroad, you've got Franklin. They have been building it up. It, it plays on lots of things we've already seen before. It's not just something that's thrown at the wall. See if it sticks. 
it does look like it's actually come out of somewhere. And the side story was fun. Uh, well, the side stories, I suppose, is Sheridan and Delenn are starting to become perhaps more than friends or colleagues. And the the whole Sheridan and um, Ivanova storyline was, was fun. You know, it was a nice bit of brevity and a bit of uh, levity against this darker story. Um, abso friggin lootly, I'm going to give it um, uh, a 3.25. Wow. Okay. That's uh, one of the above average ones, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, I think it had enough pace to it to give it a little bit of an edge. Okay. Um, so for me, um, this is just a, an average episode of Babylon 5. It is neither, it's not bad, uh, it's not stunning, uh, but it, it, it does start a few little plot points off uh, ready for the future. Um, but you know, it's just uh, you know a day in the life of Babylon Five. I mean, this is it's just a, a you know an average episode. There's there's no real sort of talking points. You know, there's a it's it's a one. Well, it, this I mean, this is why I do like um, uh, Babylon Five because it's episodic. You know, you get the standalone episode like this that if you took it out, you wouldn't notice. It doesn't you know it doesn't really have a knock-on effect anywhere later on you know you, you, we will see a bit more about Ivanova and, and Talia um but you know other than that it's just an episode so I mine's a, a sort of like a, a solid middle of the road 2.5 see that's I agree with that but there are a lot of things that you will then appreciate when you come back to this episode having watched the rest of the season I think the reason I bumped it up is that we get Delenn and Sheridan, possibly the romance going there. We had uh, the return of Ivanova's um, a somewhat catchphrase. Is that a multiple choice question uh, <laughs> when they're talking about the cycle? Uh, you had Garibaldi and Bester, and I think they really worked really well together um, or against each other. And Franklin, and I felt like it played really well into Franklin. So I think it's one of those episodes that, yes, you could remove and you won't really lose, lose anything. But when you go back, you start to see more. Um, yeah. Yeah, I see. I see your point. I mean, it, it is a, a pivotal episode. It has the starts of a few things, a few little spin-off bits here and there. Um, but it is the start. It, 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 I'm going to throw in a bit of controversy here, knowing that we've only got about a minute and a half left on the call. But I mean, it's a bit like uh, Best of Both Worlds. When you go back and you go, "Oh my mm. god, this is where the Borg started." Oh my god, well, you watch that episode again, nothing happens. <laughs> you tell me what happens. You, the, mm. the, you know, the, the Enterprise gets thrown into a deep part of space. They bump into the Borg. They go on the ship. Nothing happens. And then they walk around the ship and nothing happens. And then they come oh, back. You, and then you're they. You're thinking you Q Who. Uh, Q Who, no, sorry. Best of, yes. uh, best of both worlds. Yeah, sorry. I beg your pardon. Everybody says it's, it's the start, but you see the Borg for the first time and <gasps> nothing happens. <laughs> okay, so anything else uh, you guys want to bring up about this episode? No. No? Okay. Uh, so don't forget, we also appear on the Cosmic Pizza podcast, which you can also find on the ESO network. And uh, so that's the end of this episode. Join us again next week when we, will, we, blah, 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 when we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 8, Soulmates. You snore. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Captain, either you snore or last night we had a hell of a breach in the hull. I get dibs on the couch. Unnecessary. You can sleep in your own quarters tonight. Security's probably unlocked them by now. 
They gave in? Uh, no. You gave in? Not exactly. If you have any thoughts on this episode, why not send in some feedback to the epsilon3 at gmail.com. That's three spelled T-H-R-E-E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search for the Epsilon 3. I'm deducting 60 credits per week from the budget set aside to maintain combat readiness and applying it against the rent. On what grounds? On the grounds that I'm not ready to fight anybody until I've had a decent night's sleep in my own damn bed. You got a problem with that? No, none whatsoever. I rather like the idea of Earth Central paying rent to itself. It has a certain symmetry. <laughs> now, if you'll excuse me, I think I'll go to my quarters and collapse. Wonderful idea. Dismiss, Commander. Well, if you have any other problems, any other questions at all, just ask. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.